0: Praise Lord, for Thy great plan That we thy dwelling place may be
1: Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Witness Lee served the Lord faithfully for more than 70 years, culminating with his exhaustive commentary on the entire scriptures called life study of the Bible. We're happy to bring you recorded excerpts from his ministry. At the end of the program, we'll give you the website where you can find out more about the remarkable ministry of these two men. But for now, we hope you enjoyed today's program.
2: When we come to the book of Proverbs in the Bible, we need to see that the place that the book of Proverbs plays in God's economy According to God's economy, Proverbs should not be used to build up the old man. The big Proverbs are like nuggets, and the small ones are like gems. And they are not for us to build up our old man, to cultivate our self and our natural man. Rather, they are for us to build up our new man. It's for this purpose that the Proverbs are useful. While we're still living in this body on the earth, we need the Proverbs to give us instructions on how to live rightly in so many aspects in order to build up our new man. This is Matt Miller with Bill Lawson for our concluding Life Study of Proverbs radio program. Welcome back to the studio, Bill. It's
3: good to be here. I haven't been here in quite a while, Matt, so I'm glad to be back here. I'm glad you're back, too.
2: (laughs) And uh, this is a good program today. We've got a real good concluding word from uh, Witness Lee today on how to take the book of Proverbs. He has a burden on how the book should be received. So many of us, I know for myself, I loved the book of Proverbs as a kid. I, I read it when I was in high school. But I have to say, I was doing exactly what I just read from the life study is what you should not do. And that is, I was using the Proverbs to try to perfect my old man, myself, and my natural man.
3: I think, Matt, you're right. This is a typical viewpoint from how we approach this book. I know I carry a small New Testament around with me in my back pocket. It's, of course, entitled The New Testament, Psalms and Proverbs. So most of the believers, they like the New Testament, but they like to add on Psalms and Proverbs because they give precepts, you know, admonitions, they give exhortations, they give very good, uh, you know, precepts about how we should live our human life. We should always avoid the evil and do the good, and we should be careful in how we uh, behave in our Christian behavior and have a good marriage relationship and know how to deal with people properly and not be too much. So, like you say you mentioned the word old man this is really in fact what we are doing we're not using the book of proverbs properly we'll get into this more and more but we can use the book of proverbs improperly where we're building up this old man that the lord wants to terminate and the book of proverbs should be received in such a way that it builds up our new regenerated man that this is what god wants in his economy
2: you know, Bill, in uh, the book of Proverbs, we had three special programs that our listeners have heard up to this point where we read the precepts that are in the book of Proverbs. Witness Lee had done a, a life study of Proverbs in the 1950s when he was in Taiwan, and he categorized all these proverbs into 72 categories and precepts. And and we read those in three different programs, which is kind of an unusual thing on the life study program. But at the end of one of those readings of all these good things, you know, Witness Lee calls them gems. They're gems, these proverbs, these precepts on how to live. But he said, even if you could keep all these things, you're building up a perfect self. But in the New Testament, the Lord said to follow him You have to deny yourself. So
3: we really have to be clear about this, don't we? Right. We have to know how to take this. uh, And we'll see this more and more in this program. We have an old man and we have a new man. Of course, I think most of us as believers, we think, well, uh, now that we are redeemed and regenerated, you know, the... Uh, we're not going to the lake of fire, and not, we're not going to hell, and we're not going to be you know, judged anymore. That then, now what we need to do is cultivate ourselves, you know, build up this old man that the Lord really wants to terminate. And it's like you say, Matt, the Lord eventually said you know, that you have to deny the self, take up the cross and follow me. So most of the time we're building up this natural man that the Lord wants to tear down. Eventually, in Corinthians, he mentions that the outward man is decaying. But the inward man uh, has to be renewed day by day. Well, Bill, let me read a verse uh, in Romans chapter
2: 8, verse 20, to give us a lead into uh, Witness Lee speaking here. It says, For the creation was made subject to vanity, not of its own will, but because of him who subjected it. Let's go to Witness Lee for today's life study.
0: Solomon. He wrote these three books. Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and song of songs. One is on the real wisdom. The other is on the real meaning of the human life and the sin. Now what is the meaning? It's vanity, vanity, vanity. Just chasing of the wind. Then what? The song of songs. Son of sons. Yeah. Means what? Satisfaction of satisfactions. One is wisdom, one is vanity, and one is satisfaction. In the whole universe, what is satisfaction? Who is satisfaction? The unique Christ, who is the very embodiment of God. God embodied in Christ is the unique satisfaction, not only to man, but to all the Holy Universe. The entire universe is subject, Romans 8 tells us. Subject to what? Subject to vanity. This means all the things under the sun. Whatever is under the sun is vanity. Then Christ came in to be the very embodied God and realized as the Spirit. God today is Christ and Christ today is realized as the Spirit. And this one is not only satisfaction to us objectively but subjectively. We have this subjective satisfaction. That is the compounded, sevenfold, life-giving, all-inclusive, indwelling spirit, who is the consummation of the triune God. Don't you like this little explanation to show you the three books?
2: Bill, let's stop here. This is a good uh, breaking point and talk about these three books written by Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Solomon. They're like right in between the books of the law and history and the books of the prophet. You know, the, the Lord described the Old Testament as the law and the prophets. And so where do these fit? Are they with the law or the prophets?
3: This is really interesting. Like you say, it's sandwiched between the books on the Mosaic Law and then the prophets, you know, the major prophets and minor prophets. I think probably they fall more in line with the Mosaic Law because they deal so much with precepts, moral ways of living, uh, how that man should live with man, and how that man should have a relationship with God the Creator. So they probably fall more in line. They're almost like a maybe subsidiary of the law. Uh, Of course, With uh, Proverbs, they unveil a lot of human wisdom, but we know the real wisdom is Christ himself. So really, all of the Proverbs there really speak of Christ himself as the embodied wisdom, as Brother Lee brings out. Christ is the very embodiment of God. So all of the reality of wisdom is Christ himself. Then Solomon goes into this book of Ecclesiastes, and he just unveils that without Christ, you can have everything. You have riches, you can have fame, you can have glory, you can have physical satisfaction, but all of this is just vanity of vanity. It's all Everything under the sun is vanity, and no doubt Solomon realizes, my goodness, he had everything, yet without Christ, everything is vanity. Then eventually he realized, we need to talk about something real. So he spent eight chapters or so on a book, The Song of Songs, which is showing the satisfaction of satisfactions that Christ himself is the unique satisfaction in the universe. After we're fed up with all Kinds of trying all different things, trying to be this, trying to do that. We just realize Christ himself, only he can satisfy.
2: That really is the gospel, and it's summarized in these three books. I really appreciate the way Witness Lee chose to conclude the life study of Proverbs with a summary of these three books. And the middle one, he said, was describing the human life. It's a really, the real human life is vanity of vanities. But the real experience of Christ for satisfaction is a song of songs. So I think even our listeners, as they're listening today, in their heart there's an echo that the human life is a vanity of vanities. But in Christ, I can have a song of songs, right. a life that's full of delight and enjoyment of Christ. Right. Well, Bill, let's go on. Let me read another verse as we go to our next section with Witness Lee. It's First Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. Knowing that it was not with corruptible things, with silver or gold, that you were redeemed from your vain manner of life, handed down from your fathers. And then also Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God in whom you were sealed unto the day of redemption. Let's go to Witness Lee and talk about this very important matter of redemption.
0: God has an economy that he would become a man so that man could become God for the producing of an organism to the train God. And this organism is just the body of Christ, which eventually consummates the New Jerusalem. This is God's economy. But in God's economy... A great part is God's redemption. Why redemption is in that? Because right after God created a man, and man didn't have the time to cooperate with God for the fulfillment of God's economy. The subtle and Satan came in to seduce man from the lion of God's economy to sin. Man fell into sin. Sin, as the very sinful nature of Satan, was injected by Satan into man's nature. So man became sin. The God-created man became sin, poisoned by Satan. Then how did God carry out his redemption to rescue this fallen man? Redemption implies, firstly, to destroy the fallen man. Man got fallen. So, to redeem it, firstly, you have to destroy the fallen part. Destroy. Terminate. Then, it implies also to rescue back the God-created part. God destroyed what was fallen, and then God redeemed back what He made so good and put Himself into it to uplift the man. Not only so, plus this, by generating the dead man, God put Himself into the man. Even to this man, God regenerated, God uplifted, not only so, He got all what God is. The entire God, the whole God, enter into him. Now, he becomes such a man. And this man is what the Bible calls the new man. God has no intention to take care of the old man any longer. Terminated, finished. God eyes in his redemption all the time on this new man.
2: Bill, this is a real enlightening description of redemption. I'd like to ask you to develop these three stages of redemption that Witness Lee just talked
3: about. Uh, Right, Matt. Listening to this, redemption is not an easy, simple matter. It is quite deep and quite profound. Of course, traditionally, we would say, well, we were fallen, uh, we were destined for the lake of fire, we were terrible sinners, and then the Lord Jesus shed his blood on the cross to redeem us and bring us back to God and save us from our fall so that we could be now believers and somehow try to live a Christian life. But redemption is much more than just merely being redeemed from the fall. In God's economy, redemption plays a big role in that when the word redemption is used in the scriptures is not just merely a matter of being redeemed by the blood of Christ on the cross from sins and from hell. It involves a redemption or the possession of our entire being. Whatever God takes over, whatever God does, he works to possess and take over that part so that he wants to redeem our entire person. So through redemption and regeneration, he possesses our spirit. That means he comes into our spirit as the life-giving spirit, and he redeems that part and brings that part fully back to himself, saturates that part, and uh, permeates that part. So that part is fully redeemed. But it's not just our spirit. He has to move on inward into our inward being, our soul, and redeem that. Then eventually, as you mentioned in Ephesians 4, he wants to redeem our entire physical body so that one day our entire body will be fully redeemed back to him. So in order to carry out this redemption, number one, he has to terminate the satanic fallen part— that uh, we receive from Satan's life and nature. He has to destroy that part, terminate that part. But whatever God creates, he cannot discard that. He cannot throw that away. He terminates the satanic part, affected and poisoned by Satan. Then he comes in and he has to recover, he has to reclaim, he has to rescue the God-created part. And then he not only rescues the God-created part, further, he uplifts that God-created part, and by dispensing his divine life and nature into that God-created part, he uplifts that humanity into a sphere that we've never experienced before in Adam, so that we are further along the line of redemption than even in Adam being that Adam just had the top human nature. He did not have the divine life or nature of God. Okay, But we, when we are redeemed and regenerated, we are terminated in the natural life. We are rescued in the God-created part. And then, furthermore, God uplifts God-created part into a higher realm where he dispenses his life and nature into us. This is the fullness of redemption.
2: Boy, Bill, I really appreciate that the Lord would go through such a process and uh, he actually ends up with a better product at the end. Right. If Adam would have never fallen, he still wouldn't be to the point where he is after redemption because after redemption, God has actually imparted his life and nature into man to uplift him and, and so that God can actually have a better end product. Right.
3: And what we'll see, of course, I think maybe in the next section, we will see that if we don't see this, Matt, of terminating our old nature, rescuing that God-created part, then he uplifts that part by adding his divine life and nature into us, we will be like... Uh, Lawkeepers use the things unveiled in Proverbs to build up a part of us that the Lord wants to terminate. He wants to terminate that old nature no matter how good it is, and he wants us to receive the Proverbs, receive those things in a way of life and light and enlightenment and nourishment so that it builds up the new man instead of building up our old man.
2: Boy, in this light, uh, Bill, I understand Galatians 2.20 in a different way that I am crucified with Christ. That's the old man. Right, right. Yet, nevertheless, I live. That's the new I. Right. So anyway, let's go on to Witness Lee before we run out of time and hear the conclusion of today's life study.
0: Redemption has a part. That God will redeem our body. When at the fullness of the time, Christ comes and His coming. He will transfigure our body. That is the... Completion of God's redemption. That is the last step of God's redemption. Have you been redeemed? Generally speaking, okay. If you have redeemed, why you lost your temper to your wife last night? <laughs> Who has been redeemed in this room? I'm going to tell you, I, I said, first, I have not been redeemed yet. I'm on the way. Amen. Now, the book of Proverbs. In God's economy, it's not to build up the old man. All these big proverbs and all these small ones are not for us to build our old man, to cultivate ourselves, natural man, old man, no. But to build up our new man. So they're useful. Well, We are still living in this body. We need the proverb to tell us, give all all the instructions how to live this way, that way, how to live this way, that way. This is to build up the new man. And 2 Corinthians chapter 4 tells us day after day our outer man is being consumed. And the inward man is being renewed.
2: Well, Bill, I'd like to ask you to make this practical for our listeners in a conclusion here about how can the Proverbs help build up the new man instead of building up the old man, which is the way it's so common. I mean, we're talking about something special here. I wonder if we could kind of give a concluding word today.
3: Uh, this is our problem, Matt, as you mentioned. We come to the Word of God, not just Proverbs. We come to a lot of the even New Testament books, and the Word of God instructs us to do this, do that, tells us that we should be like that, we should be like that, we should love, we should not do this. We, and we in ourselves, Matt, we try to do that thing, but the Bible is a revelation of who Christ is and what Christ is, what Christ has done. Our whole focus should be to receive what the Lord is and what he has done, not try to carry out those Proverbs so that we can have more wisdom, we can deal more with our wife this way. Every day when we come to the Word of God, whether it's the Proverbs, whether it's Psalms, whether it's the New Testament, we have to realize Christ today has been fully processed. He is the all-inclusive, life-giving Spirit, and he's embodied in the Word So when we come to the Word of God and we don't try to do or try to carry out or try to be what the Word says, we just receive, Lord. We just open up to Him. We receive Him. We learn to live in our mingled spirit. We learn to receive Him. We learn to get the light, the nourishment, the supply from the Word of God. And then all of those things unveiled to us in books like Proverbs and so on and other New Testament or Old Testament books, then they become a life supply to us to build up the new man, so they're not building up our old man. If we try to do what it says, we just cultivate and want to improve our behavior. We want to be better. We have flaws here, flaws there. We want to patch up. But the Word of God is not for us to do. It's for us to receive the supply from. Then the book of Proverbs will be a great help to us because we're receiving the Word of God You know, by means of all prayer. You know, Like Paul says in, in Ephesians chapter 6, praying at every time in spirit. We receive the supply. Then we receive that divine life and divine light. We receive that supply that enables us to live out what is required in books like Proverbs.
2: Bill, that's a great verse to conclude on in Ephesians 6, that we receive the Word of God by means of all prayer, praying at every time in spirit. It reminded me of a song I heard one time that said, uh, in my spirit is the key. In our spirit, really, is the key to unlock how these Proverbs can help build us up in the new man. We need to contact the life-giving Spirit in our spirit when we come to the word of Proverbs, and then these very Proverbs can help build up the new man in us.
3: And that way we're saved from building up the old man by learning how to come to the word of God, as you said, just to pray at to open up to the Lord, Lord make this real to me, I exercise my spirit, I open to you, then the Proverbs become a means for us to build up the new man.
2: You know, some of the listeners might be thinking, that seems like such a a small thing, just, you mean, just to pray makes all the difference?
3: I think it does, huh Bill? Right, and then gradually, like Brother Lee says here, that gradually, he says, our entire being will be redeemed. This is what the Lord wants. He wants to redeem our spirit, our soul, and eventually our physical body.
2: Well, how about that for a conclusion of Proverbs? So, Bill, thanks for joining me today.
3: It's very good to be here, man.
2: And thank you also for joining us. encourage you to call us at 888-LIFE-STUDY or write to Living Stream Ministry, P.O. Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814, or send email to radio at lsm.org. On behalf of Bill Lawson, this is Matt Miller. Thanks for listening, and we'll hope you continue to join us as we go on with these writings of Solomon. Dear Lord, we give to Thee. Receive us into Thy wise hands.
1: Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Living Stream Ministry is dedicated to the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China during the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Watchman Nee sent Witness Lee to carry out this ministry in Taiwan. Later the Lord led him to the United States and eventually to the rest of the world before he went to be with the Lord in 1997. Living Stream Ministry now has hundreds of titles by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee available in English, plus many in more than 50 other languages. To find out more about Living Stream and all that we offer, visit our website, lsm.org. You can also reach us toll-free at 1-888-543-3788 or email us, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening.